Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. I'm here with Matt Gunlack, a member of the Marine Corps shooting team. I met him a couple of years ago now at a match. Um, so I'm excited to have you on. Welcome, Matt. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, better that I'm home. <laughs> Work, works fun. I'll just put it like that. It is. It is. Ladies, I do, I do all, if I you're do watching, you, yeah. you know, you promised me this teal shirt. I have to see the shirt. Oh, it is wake and cake. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, let's start this off. So how did we get connected? Do you remember? Uh, not completely. My memory. <laughs> I, I go to matches. I go on deployment. Go to matches, go on deployment. So like it, now that I'm like a permanent member, it's like easier for me for, to remember stuff <laughs> on the team. Um, nope. uh, I remember, I remember last year, shooting uh mountain state with you yep yep i want to say it was is it nationals maybe for for multi-gun i probably drove up back in 16 i have no idea Are see this talking is talking about three gun nation nationals hurricane nationals because i know <laughs> i drove up to go see some friends and then had to drive well a four hour drive turned into an eight hour drive because i drove through hurricane matthew uh <laughs> I was not there, but I've heard about that match. Oh God. We don't know. We shoot stuff. We show up, we meet people. Yeah. There we go. Life goes on. It does. It does. So, uh, yeah, Matt, tell me what you do for work. All right. So I'm the staff non-commissioned officer of the Marine Corps shooting team. Essentially I'm not an officer, didn't go to college. So I'm a gunnery sergeant, enlisted guy, dumb grunt. Um, not dumb. And I'm in charge of all the enlisted Marines. I, I advise the, the officer in charge um, and give recommendations to him and to the commanding officer of weapons training battalion, who is the team captain of the shooting team. Very cool. Um, so my job doesn't involve a lot of shooting anymore. It involves a lot of stuff behind the scenes, planning, coordinating, um, budgeting, uh, all the boring stuff that nobody else wants to deal with, I do. I deal with that stuff. Do you feel like you babysit every now and then? <laughs> uh, no, honestly. Um, the guy, so when we get guys onto the team, we go through a pretty, I don't want to call it rigorous, but we're, we're, we know what we're looking for. We know what kind of Marines we're looking for. And we don't have any time for people who are not mature. So... <laughs> Yeah, we all like to go out and have fun, but if some if we get a summer shooter that just doesn't cut it or is too immature for what we like, we're not going to pick them up permanently. Yeah, and typically you don't want immature people around firearms either. <laughs> True. <laughs> Across the board. Um, okay, so you mentioned deployments and non-commissioned now, so tell me, are you active duty or your reserves? How does that work for the non-military people listening? All right, so I am active duty. I joined back in 2002. 
um, uh, you know, I joined as an infantry guy. I was a security forces contract. So I thought it was going to be something really cool, but <laughs> it was really just a glorified post stander. You know, you go stand post, wait for somebody to do something, which nobody ever does with, you know, where we, where we guard, like, um, I was down in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. There's nothing out there. It's a wasteland. <laughs> the Cubans don't even want that property back. Castro gave that to us back in like the 50s or something. And I don't think has ever cast a check that the U.S. has given them. I don't know. But it's a wasteland. It was one of the hottest, most humid places I've ever been. And yes, I am from Florida, so I can say that. Uh, the only other place that tops that was whenever I went to Djibouti, Africa, and that was like 130 degrees, 140 degrees with 100% humidity because it's um, on the Horn of Africa. Gross. Yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. From <laughs> so you went, you turned 18 and you just went straight in to do the 20 years or? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, 19, I, I was 19, you know, oh. went in did four years, did, you know, was in Spain for a year, uh, went to Cuba for a few months. And then when I left security forces, I went to third battalion, second Marines. And then two weeks after two or three weeks after I got there, uh, went straight over to Iraq for six, seven months or something like that. Wow. Um, wow. Which, I mean, uh, it was a good time. Um, I am a product of the wartime years of the Marine Corps. Um, so that is what I like and that is what I miss. Uh, I would call the period that we are in now the peacetime Marine Corps and I am ready to retire. Awesome. Congrats. You know, and not to diss any military members at all, uh, not many people that are on shooting teams have your experience or do deploy or went through all of that, you know? really incredible and scary but thank you for your service <laughs> yeah i i wouldn't still be in if i didn't enjoy what i do yeah yeah to make it 20 for sure so what do you have next lined up now that you're retiring are you taking time off are you going straight into a career what's your plan uh i do plan going straight into a career um i have vacation saved up um so when I do retire, I'll probably do two to three months off uh, a vacation, enjoy life, um, go on a trip. I don't know. Uh, You've earned it. <laughs> uh, knowing me, you know, considering I am such a nice friend to my neighbors, uh, I'll probably go be working in the hay fields or something like that. Like I'm going to be doing all day tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. So, um, when you're talking about careers and especially retiring, um, are there any tips out there or knowledge you'd like to share, you know, with other, um, maybe people that are going to be transitioning out of the military, how you line that up or, you know, when you started thinking about that? So for me, I started thinking about it last year, you know, I'll hit 20 years in November of next year. Mm -hmm. I started thinking about this back in early 2020. Um, a little bit, you know, actually, I think the year, the year prior, um, you know, it, you need to give yourself as much time as possible. You need to be thinking in, in your last enlistment, you know, if you know that this is going to be your last one, you need to start working your exit strategy, then go to medical, get seen, you know, if you know, you have a medical condition that needs to get taken care of, do it, get it documented. Um, it's all about you know, taking care of yourself, 
because if you have a family, it's also taking care of your family. You know, um, a buddy of mine kind of said it perfectly. Um, you know, I know I don't have PTSD, but let's say I did, but I was too proud to say something about it. Um, or I just didn't want to take the money away from somebody like that. His, his, his What he told me is, hey, if you have medical condition, don't be proud, don't be prideful, get it taken care of, get it documented. Because the thing is, is that that money's going to be there anyway. It's not going anywhere. It's not like you're taking anything away from anybody. Get seen, get fixed, get the disability because your body's not the same uh, from when you went in to when you got out. So I like that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, I, and then look for jobs, like start the networking early, um, have a plan, know who you, where you want to work or what industry you want to work in and, you know, work, work it as best you can without, uh, sacrificing job performance while still in the military. You know, you bring up a good point. How much can you really network in the three gun community? You know, think about all the contacts that you've made. You know, have you made connections there? Mm -hmm. So it's all about where you want to live, where you want to move. Uh, I've already decided I don't want to move where I'm living. I live out in the middle of nowhere in Spotsylvania, Virginia. Um, I'm an hour away from Quantico. Uh, I have Trigicon up here. I have FN America up here. Um, what I think Aimpoint or some, uh, I think they're up in this area. We, we, there's a lot of companies up here that, because Quantico is right there. And I would like to work in a field somewhere around there. I think FN's training facility is probably about 15 minutes away from my house. What? So That's that awesome. is something I am, I'm considering, but you know, we'll see. Uh, a lot of it comes down to making the right phone calls talking to the right people and making the plan work. Yeah. And I bet you've gotten some contacts though, definitely in the community that you don't even know that you have connections to those companies, you know? <laughs> yep. No, you're right. That's, that's the cool part. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about the, the Marine Corps shooting team. So how, you know, how do the teams work? I think I have an understanding that there's different ones like pistol, three gun, what have you, but tell me a little bit how those work. Okay, so we have three different teams. We have the rifle team, which they shoot traditional bullseye rifle, okay. um, the boring stuff. <laughs> I agree. Sorry, BRS shooters. <laughs> no, 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 I know, no, no. I know, but I think that's boring too. <laughs> I you know, uh, I got some of those guys are they're actually getting honed in on PRS. Um, yeah. They're not making it a full time job in the, uh, on the team yet but they are getting their foot in the door. They're learning the stuff they need to do. Um, so yeah, we, we have uh, the rifle team. Um, we have a pistol team before it was called the service pistol team. Um, bullseye pistol shooting 50 yards, one-handed um, and then 25 yards, one-handed. Again, boring. You shoot the same course of fire over and over again. And I can say this because I was in charge of the pistol team up, up until last year. And uh, it was more of a leadership role for me. I am not good at it. I suck at it. Uh, I will wholly admit it. 
I think my highest score I ever got in a national match course of fire was like a 256 or something like that, which uh, out of how many? Uh, 300. Eh, that's not bad. Yeah, it could be better. Like my guys were shooting in the high 280s, 290s. Cool. But for me, I'm not a shooter. Like even in my role now, I don't consider my sh- myself a shooter. I consider myself an administrator. If I'm not in the office, uh, taking care of the logistical administrative and all the coordination that goes into going where we need to go, then it wouldn't get done and they wouldn't be able to compete. Yeah. Um, but we don't have a service pistol team anymore. Last year, uh, what a marked 99 years this year, what a marked hundred years of a service pistol team. We have a, an action pistol team now. Um, something I've been, uh, I had planned on, uh, occurring since I got to the team back in 2018 and my you know with the help of others uh, we did the proper planning did the proper budgeting uh, transitioned the the team to where they are now and so we have a full-time action pistol team cool. um, and then we have the action shooting team uh, the three-gun team and uh, it's kind of turned into you know, that's what I came to the team for. That's what I love about the team. Um, I love all three teams. I love everybody on all three teams, but I, my heart is set with three gun because that's like the first uh, shooting sport I ever got into. Ooh, okay. I want to talk about that eventually. So we won't lose that. How would someone actually, you know, make it onto the team, find out about it? Um, you said you have like kind of a rigorous standard, which is great. I mean, the Marine Corps already has that, right? But how would someone... Mm-hmm you know, I guess, try out for it. All right. So every year uh, from October until April timeframe, we call it our Mick season, Marine Corps marksmanship competitions. Yes. Mick Hold on. Mick Yeah. Marine Corps marksmanship competition. Cute. It's cute. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's better than like, uh, somebody down in Camp Lejeune, they were calling it Mickey Mickey East. And it's just like, <laughs> like yeah. Um, so we, so we'll go to, you know, we'll hold, host uh, a match where it's two weeks long. First week is nothing but training. Second week is competition, individual competition, and then a team competition at the end. Um, you earn mar- uh, marksmanship medals uh, for it. Um, but we start in October, um, like this year, we're going to start with the national capital region match. So everybody in the Quantico area, um, and, uh, Virginia, um, Maryland, they, any, if you're a Marine, you can come down, you can compete in that. Once we're done with that, we'll probably go to Camp Pendleton. Then we'll go to Okinawa, Japan. Wow. And then it's to... Uh, Hawaii, then to uh, 29 Palms, California, and Camp Lejeune, <laughs> and then we take the top 10% of uh, competitors at the uh, at the Mix, and we bring them to Quantico, and we have Marine Corps Championships. What? And so previously, Marine Corps Championships was three weeks long. This next one, or the the last one we did, it was a week long um and it was all action shooting we did a steel challenge competition we did a prs competition we did a three gun a two gun a carbine a uspsa we had like 
six competitions in five days. Wow. Um, and it was a success. And uh, essentially, we take not only the top shooters, because yes, shooting is a huge part of what we do. Mm -hmm. it, it's everything we do. But the biggest thing I look for is the individual character of that person. Like, I don't want a scumbag on the team. <laughs> I don't want somebody I'm going to have to worry about whenever they go and travel. Yeah. You know, I want confident people who can make good decisions. So that's pretty much six months of our life, just going around to the different sites and hosting a competition and picking the best to come to the team. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I forgot who I interviewed. Oh, I think it was Rich, Rich Franco. I think he said, oh, maybe it was. I don't remember exactly, but somebody said that competition brings out character. Um, I think that's very true. You know, you mm -hmm. see people at their best, their worst. Um, we shoot in all sor sorts of raining conditions. And uh, yeah, I feel like I, and anyone who doesn't reset is immediately not my friend. <laughs> 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 so it tells me who I do and don't want to squad with the next time. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so the mission of the Marine Corps team, not just to, you know, place, like you said, and character, um, is there another, you know, mission sharing like you know, second amendment with people or what? So I'll, I'll just go ahead and read off, you know, based on you brought the it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so everything that the Marine Corps does, there's orders behind it, Marine Corps orders. Uh, and we, we wrote our own, uh, we just finished uh, writing the draft last year, it's going through the staffing process and we're waiting for the new one to get approved. But this is essentially uh, the mission of the Marine Corps shooting team. Um, the Marine Corps shooting team is the Marine Corps professional shooting team and formally represents the Marine Corps in inter-service, national and international competitions, both military and civilian. Permanent members of Weapons Training Battalion, Quantico, Virginia, from the nucleus of the Marine Corps shooting team uh, and, are, and augmented members are required on a temporary basis by Marines who demonstrate outstanding abilities throughout the competition and arms program. So everything we do, um, we are competitor or we are instructors first. So we go out to these, uh, to the competitions, uh, three gun, high power, uh, pistol. And we are bringing those skills back. We write our own uh, periods of instruction and lesson plans. And then um, we go out to the Marine Corps marksmanship competitions and we instruct uh, basically train Marines or, you know, not basically trained Marines, but any Marine in the Marine Corps, no matter what rank you are. And we instruct them based off the lessons we learned in competitions. And essentially what that does is it increases the lethality of the Marine Corps. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the Marines in the Marine Corps, the only experience you get behind a gun is when they go to their annual rifle or pistol qual. And it is been like that since the the course of fire has been the same since like the 1940s this year it's going to be changing to an annual rifle qualification uh that mirrors a lot of things shooting off of barricades and stuff like that cool. but that's really the only uh experience they get once a year doing that for about a week um Awful. yeah nearly enough yeah i mean and I, when i was teaching down in florida like concealed carry classes 
um, a lot of veterans be like, oh, I have my DD-214. I'm just going to go use that. And some would take the class, which was awesome. And when they would take the class, I'd ask them, you know, when, when did you shoot with a pistol? And a lot of them were like, I only qualified with a rifle. I had a pistol service to me, but we didn't do anything with that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Very cool. <laughs> so the training is not there that you think. Damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. Um, so you're talking about training. Um, bringing it back to them too, but how do you, how do the teams actually train like physically, um, and mentally both for all of this? Uh, some of the teams, uh, some of the teams like phys physically, some of them are all big boy rules, you know, um, you're expected to go out and train on your own, um, for the three gun team. I wanted to try something different this year. So I went to the, uh, hit gym on base, uh, high intensity tactical training um and got with the trainers over there and told them hey this is what we're do here's some videos to go off of these are the type of movements we do um and i would like you to design a workout and i want to bring my team over here uh the, the action shooting team over here and i would like you to come up with sports specific exercises so a lot of it involves explosive movements, so it's a lot of sprint workouts, a lot of mobility exercises, stretching, um, teaching us how to properly warm up, teaching us how to breathe. Um, there's different breathing exercises in different yeah. positions, um, and sprinting from awkward positions um, just to create that explosive movement. Um, so they've been working with us for about three or four weeks now with that kind of stuff. I was going to say real quick, three gun doesn't require you to get in any awkward positions. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I'm like joking. I've been in tunnels. I've been off of stupid um, X barricades. Yeah. I've been awkwardly dangling off of just random stuff. I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my body hurts. <laughs> and then all of the gear that you got to schlep around. So it's not always just the mm -hmm. awkward positions, but it's also, you know, laying on your shotgun caddies or learning how yep. to move with all that on. Um, yep. That's interesting. Not dropping magazines uh, because you knock something. It's knowing your gear where everything is mm -hmm. and being able to properly move with your gear. So once y'all do the trainings, do you actually then try and run those same drills like with holding a heavy shotgun or putting the gear on and running it? So um, most of the stuff that we do at the gym is just at the gym, but whenever whenever we go back to the other side of the base where our ranges are, um, then we'll do like suicides and stuff like that with all our gear on. Ooh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> train like you fight. There you go. <laughs> now, um, are you one of those people that like, you know, it's raining, we better go out and train and do the same thing, right? Um, <laughs> I hate the term. If it's raining, you know, if it ain't raining, we ain't training. Or Scott. However it goes. Um, if, if it's raining, we're and we're out there and we're training, we're just going to push through. Um, yeah. If it gets so bad to where it's being counterproductive. Yeah, sure. We'll stop. But um, if we're out there and we're shooting. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to just push through. Uh, I mean, fuck, Texas is a perfect fucking example. That was horrible, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, mud, rain, it, it, it didn't stop pissing on us. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, can, can we just get a break? Yeah, yeah. I feel like every match I show up, I bring the rain. And 
you know, you just point out something actually that I tell students too, whether it's raining, whether you're indoors or outdoors, but if you're training and practicing and say you're tired, you're hungry or whatever, and you start slacking off. So your, your, you know, foundations aren't there. You're actually practicing sloppy. You're instilling bad habits. And that's like what you said, if, if it's bad, just stop because it's worse to keep going than it's like persevere through all that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. So, uh, as far as training, we trying, we, we try to get out to the range five days a week. Um, wow. uh, no more than we don't shoot no more than a thousand rounds a day and no less than like 400 rounds a day. Your life is so difficult. <laughs> you know, you, what you mean is my Marines lives are so difficult. I know. My life in the office sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah. You're in dad life. That sucks. <laughs> you're, you're range mom almost mm-hmm. <laughs> squad mom. Um, okay. So you touched on the physical aspect. How do you guys mentally prepare? Um, everybody's a bit different um when when we when we're on the range training um you're not going to be able to have the mental focus on on every drill that you shoot so the best thing you could do is um i go i'll call it go go internal you know I'm going to visualize exactly what I'm going to shoot, how I'm going to shoot it. And that is the one thing I'm going to focus on. Um, And in my head, I'm going to say, this is going to be the best run that I do. And I'm going to make this run count. Um, And with that in mind, you know, I'm going to perform it and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go live and do it as best as I can. And that's going to be the run that I record. Yeah. Um, and it's much same at a competition. It's always, you know, you do your walkthrough. You, you know, you have to understand where you're moving point A to point B to point C, where you want your foot to land, where you want to have your gun up at, stuff like that. You know the plan. When you're out there resetting the whole time, you need to be thinking about your plan. You have to know your plan. You have to know how many targets are out there. Um, and then whenever you're up on the line, you have to just visualize it one last time and then you have to go high. Um, that's the only thing I really think about. Uh, how am I gonna shoot this? Um, so, uh, you know, it kind of hit me a few weeks ago. We were, we were doing uh, about a month ago or something like that. We were doing all our testing for the physical training and all that and it's like, we're doing deadlifts or something like that. And it's just like, I think we, I think I had 325, 335 on the bar and everything. I was like, I was just like, I just, it was kind of going through the motions and Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to hit this. And I I tried picking it up and I'm like, I just, like, I got it maybe six inches off the ground. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I I was just like, I'm not into it. And like one of my guys did and he, and he got it. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to let this motherfucker beat me. Yeah. So then it just like, you know, I just focused all my effort and, and just, I put that as my main focus in my head. And then like, whenever I went and did it again, it was just like, it was like nothing. It was like, okay. Nice. So, so you didn't have the fear. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it's definitely mental. And then if you do it once, you know, you can do it again. It's kind of like when you get to mm-hmm. a stage, man, oh, I remember starting out, I'd be like, oh, I'm a terrified of that target. Right. Because I've never seen it. 
And then now that I have, I'm like, oh, <laughs> whether I do good or not, it's like, I shouldn't be afraid of that anymore. <laughs> um, you know what else is interesting about maybe, maybe different, maybe not. A lot of us civilians, I'll say, um, compete against ourselves. Yes, we want to compete against others as well. But I think having like a Marine Corps team, and especially you guys being competitive, you also want to, like you said, you got to beat each other. There's a competitive aspect that drives you. <laughs> so you're not always just mm-hmm. fighting against yourself. You're actually trying to beat everybody else. Yeah. And, and like the team is always trying to beat each other. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to let this guy beat me. It's like, <laughs> you know, you got to pick somebody who, who's the rabbit going to be, you know, <laughs> find somebody uh, of your same skill level, figure out who that rabbit is. And then be like, all right, this is a guy I'm going to chase. And yeah. if, if you're watching him, if you're with that, if you're squatted with that rabbit, it's just a matter of watching him, not mimicking him, <coughs> but you know, trying to keep up with him within your skill level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you might not have this, but I feel like I want to ask baseball teams is what I think of every time I think of this, but do you guys have any like pre-match rituals or any like weird crap that you guys do? Not really. Um, I mean, half the time it's, you know, we're either on the road and, you know, burnt out from a drive. And so we just want to go get food and then hang out at the hotel or we just, fly in um we you know there's there's i guess golden rules that we follow um and we don't drink at all before a match you know uh at least well on the on the pistol team and the three gun team we will not drink before a match um we'll have a beer one or two beers but we're not going to do anything that's going to make us lethargic or anything like that um eight hours of sleep prior uh stuff like that um and you know and and you want to have that for like days before you know eat 2,000 calories a day uh you know a lot of us will bring snacks to the range with us at a match and just like kind of keep our energy levels up Uh, those are really those are more rules that we follow we don't have any rituals or nothing like that I think that's neat though Um, that's something that's something you do. Okay. So the last guys I interviewed were like, oh, we should have an hour podcast about range snacks. So, because it's just ridiculous. They bring Uncrustables and the trick is to bring them frozen, then eat them later, but, or eat them frozen. What's like the one weird or grossest snack that you eat or that you've seen on the range? You know, grossest, I, I haven't honestly seen anything gross. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I like, uh, the wasabi peas, you know, okay. Yeah. Weird, different. Um, I'll make you drink some water. <laughs> yeah. Um, eh, I, I, I'm into spicy. You know? Okay. <laughs> I used to, I mean, that that's one thing nuts, um, thing, healthy snacks is what you want every now and again, I'll bring like starburst or you know, <laughs> high or something like that. And I, I don't like eating a lot because, you know, the downer from the sugar rush it, it really sucks um yeah but uh i mean that, that's really it you know uncrustables yeah we'll, we'll eat those grown uh, <laughs> men eating uncrustables <laughs> you know i love it it's an easy snack i don't have to put any effort into it gosh boys um okay okay <laughs> So getting to a match, um, like you said, um, you don't drink. Yeah. You try and get sleep when you do stage walk through day, uh, stage walk through day, 
are you guys walking it together? Are you guys like, what are you seeing? What's going through, you know, all of your minds? Are you talking it out? Are you guys stage planning to your level of shooting or to your strengths and weaknesses? What does that look like? Um, everybody walks through pretty much together. Um, we'll all talk things out. We'll point things out. Um, we're not walking every single stage and coming up with the hey, this is exactly what I'm going to do on every stage because that's just information overload. We'll pick, you know, if, if it's the day before day one, we're just going to, you know, go for the for you know, the stages we're going to be shooting the next day. Mm -hmm. But it, it is very much a team effort. A lot of it is uh, to what that person is capable of, um, where they feel comfortable taking those shots. Uh, but a lot of a lot of the guys, you know, will shoot everything very similarly to each other. Yeah, I mean, you train and, together, <laughs> and, you know, and then if somebody wants to try and call an audible and be like, well, I'm going to hit this target with these or these targets with this gun. And, you know, a perfect example is one of my guys last year in Minnesota at the JKM match. He's like, oh, I'm going to hit all these targets with pistol. I'm like, dude don't fucking do it he's like no i feel confident i was like i know you're a good pistol shooter but don't fucking do it and he did it and he got like four or five mics i was just like i fucking told you man i was like that wasn't a good idea he's like yeah you're right gunny i shouldn't have done it i was like no shit that's so funny <laughs> but i mean we we kind of like we'll help each other out in that way yeah do y'all have any lefties on the team uh i know we have lefty pistol shooter on the pistol team Okay. Uh, on the three gun team, I don't believe we do. That's uh, helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. Um, okay, road trips. Oh, what? Dillo was a lefty. I know. I know. He's like, I just, you know, I just learned to live with it. Now he's like, I don't even want, you know, people think about lefties. Just keep it going. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, road trips. You guys are always traveling together. I gotta know. Tell me about like a, a really fun road trip that you guys or funny thing that happened on a road trip. Uh, I gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Make up right. names. <laughs> no, I'm, I won't even use names. All right, I had this one guy a couple years ago, and this was a pistol team road trip service pistol. And you know, in shooting bullseye pistol, it's a you know, if you're hungover and you're on the you know on the line shooting, it's it's a lot different than if you're at an action shooting match because at least with bullseye pistol at nationals, um, you're just standing in one place right there's no movement so all your focus on is your front sight and your trigger and so you actually are more relaxed we'll just say you're more relaxed when you're shooting <laughs> well you know before pistol national started you know this is up at camp perry ohio okay. um cedar point's like 45 minutes away and I don't go to places with my guys typically because I am the senior guy. I am, you know, I have to abide by the rules and I have to main, maintain good order and discipline. So in order for me to uh, maintain plausible deniability, <laughs> I don't go. Um, so, so, I, you I guys, <laughs> mm -hmm. so you weren't there? So you weren't there. I told you, oh, I wasn't there. Okay. Uh, I wasn't with them whenever they went to Cedar Point. I told them, hey, I know you guys want to go to Cedar Point. Go out there. Go have fun. Do what you want to do. Don't do anything stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, make sure you guys are maintaining 
you know, good order and discipline. Um, we had one guy who had an alcohol problem, um, got a little too drunk, got kicked out of a bar in Cedar Point. Uh, and then as they proceeded to walk out, they walked by the petting zoo, which was closed. Uh, there's a camel in that petting zoo. Have you seen Letter Kenny before you proceed? No. Okay, you won't. You, you won't get the allegedly joke. Continue. <laughs> so, you know, and this is, you know, I didn't. I heard about it. I didn't see it. I didn't see the video. None of that stuff. Um, uh, but one of the guys, the guy who got kicked out of the bar, who had the alcohol problem, decided to go into the uh, into the pen with the camel and proceeded to ride it. Well, a day later, I get wind of this, you know, some, somebody mentions it to me and it's like, we need to get this, this dude out of here. I'm like, hold your horses. You know, I'm the guy in charge here. <laughs> hold your camels. Let me, okay. <laughs> let me handle this situation. And, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't bust the guy down. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna ruin his career, but you know, I told him, Hey motherfucker, you know, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, you could have been arrested. And the biggest thing is, is that it's like, and I told him, I was like, one, you're a Marine. Two, if you got arrested and it got put in the newspapers, it wouldn't be Sergeant so-and-so did this. It'd be United Marine States Corps. Marine did this. Yeah. Um, so essentially what I did is I was like, your point of place of duty every day is on the range. As soon as you're done, your appointed place of duty is in the barracks. If you need to get food, you can go out with one of the Marines, go get food, come right back. You are going to be restricted. Maybe fat. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, I maintained communication with my higher-ups and everything and let them know what was going on. But it's, that that's probably one of the wildest things I've heard about. <laughs> that's good stuff. More later. Talk to Matt later. Um, okay, so... What got you into three gun? Cause I want to hear about that. And then I want to talk about what guns you run, what gear you run. All right. So, uh, late 2013, early 2014, uh, I remember three gun nation, national, uh, three gun nation on TV on the outdoor channel or something yep. like that. I remember like, Oh, what the fuck is this? I, I never, never watched the outdoor channel i was bored one day flipping through and i saw this and i was just like holy shit this is actually really cool you know <laughs> i was an instructor at the school of infantry at the time so i was like this is actually really fucking cool i saw james gill on there in the marine corps yep. shooting team jersey i was just like we have a fucking shooting team where the fuck did this come from i had no idea you know really my entire career you know deploying oh my god back training deploying you know um that's and all see I your own thing on tv like you're that's crazy yeah. <laughs> so never knew about it and so i was like i want to look this up and so uh and for me the purpose of it was i wanted to learn something and i wanted to i knew i was going to be going back to the fleet you know and being in charge of a, a platoon and <laughs> i wanted to bring those same skills to to those marines yeah. Um, because the Marine Corps didn't teach me, you know, that type of shooting. Um, yeah. uh, so that's, that's essentially where I got started, you know, shooting Tar Heel three gun, um, <laughs> back in 2014. 
That was your first match? Yep. Okay. Okay. It was a ball buster, you know. <laughs> I mean, go big or go home. If you're going to start, you're going to start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I learned a lot. You know, I met Mike and Nancy Overman and like they, like Nancy's like my second mom. She, oh. She's great people. Mike, you know, that's Papa right there. Oh. You don't fuck with Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so I, I got in with, with them and then you know another guy you know i met him at uh, a uspsa match locally uh, outside of camp lejeune bob osbeck and uh you know uh, you know he shot three gun uspsa and so me and him are like best friends now uh, and uh we were road buddies you know uh he drank my dip spit by accident <laughs> one night we were ew. Ew. yeah yeah uh-uh uh-huh. I still give shit about it to this day. I gotta move on from that. I will imagine it. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Ew. <laughs> so you applied um, and you made the team or how did that so happen? For me, it was a bit different. Um, you know, when I started shooting three gun, you know, four months out, I didn't shoot three gun until, you know, probably April of 14 or something like that. And then I went back to a victor unit, you know, took over a mortar section, deployed four months later. Oh, wow. Um, spent six months on deployment, came back, you know, started shooting matches again. Uh, and in between work, the workup, deployed again, came back, you know. So it was like very touch and go for me. Um, yeah. In between that, uh, after that, uh second deployment after starting to shoot three gun you know i was like i was like i want to shoot fnh and i knew that was you know going to happen two weeks after i got back from that deployment and that's essentially where i met the team you know i was on the same squad as gil gil was out of the marine corps by then he he got medically retired but um and he's crushing the tactical games too oh yeah yeah (laughs) he's up in new hampshire right now i talked to him yesterday on the phone but, uh, you know, shot that match, and I met Nate Stock, and he was the staff and CIC of the team back then. And him and I kind of kept in contact. Well, you know, I went uh, overseas again four months after that, and I was gone for 13 months. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and as soon as I got over overseas to Bahrain, um, he sends me a message. He's like, hey, dude. Um, I'm putting in a gunner package and I need somebody to take over for me. I was like, well, dude, I just got over, over to Bahrain. I'm going to be over here for a year, you know, and going in and out of other places. Um, and he was like, well, that's perfectly fine. That, like, that's when I need you here. No. Like, okay. Cool. Um, I was like, let me talk to my wife, see what she thinks, you know, uh, because if it wasn't that, I would have probably chosen to go to another deploying unit, which, yeah. you know, the monitor, the guy who controls where I go, basically told me, fuck, no, you're not doing another deployment. Um, I'd done, you know, essentially that was my third one in, yeah. less than, in, in less than four years. Yeah, that's a lot, really fast. Um, so he asked me, I put in a package and, you know, and personally, and, you know, I, I, I I was not ready to go to the team. I was, I'm not, you know, I was not at that level to be on the team. And, you know, I know myself 
um, and I know what my capabilities are. And I went up to him. I was like, why the fuck did you choose me to come over here? I was like, I'm not that good. Um, and even now, I'm still not at the level I want to be at. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't get have you over here to be a shooter. I needed somebody to keep moving the mission forward. I needed oh. somebody who understood the sport. I need needed somebody who un- needed to understand the direction that the team it needed to go in. I was like, okay, makes sense. It so. does. And people don't know the real Matt. You might be a good leader and super serious, but you're a big old softy too. <laughs> and I you're just, really. <laughs> I just have a natural resting bitch face. I can't help it. I know. I know. But you're a good ambassador for the sport. And that's part of the mission too, right? So I try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all about, to, to me, it's being that good ambassador, taking care of, of those who took, has taken care of you and has helped the sport out and uh and just promoting the program as much as you can yeah yeah absolutely um okay so a lot of three gunners uh it's, it's hard to get into three gun right so all of us have that starting point um and a lot of people are like they don't start because they have that fear of i don't have the gun i don't have the gear i don't have the equipment right i am still probably missing pieces of equipment that i don't have but people lend out a lot of gear and you know borrow yeah. stuff so tell me what you started with, like what guns you started with and versus like what you run now, what you, you know, moved up to, well, I guess. I'll put it like this. I was an FN groupie back. In the day. <laughs> Enough no. said. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I had a score 16, you know, uh, God, that's heavy. Wow, and I'm a short guy, <laughs> borderline midget status. If you want to call it that. Uh, so I, I shot with the scar. Um, oh my God. Uh, and then I had an FN SLP shotgun. That thing was very picky, and it was fucking heavy too. Uh, Damn then, it, you drained. I can't. And then I had a Glock 34. There you go. Um, and yep. you know that's what I ran with, and you know that's what I continued to run with for a long time. And then I, I really started doing my research and like, you know built my own rifle and Mm -hmm. I was happy with that uh then I you know I kept shooting the Glock for a long time um and and ended up buying a Benelli M2 um and so you know kind of evolved into that and then you know whenever I got serious into having to take care of the pistol team sold the Benelli um and ended up training that for an STI. Um, but then I ended up selling that gun. Now I have a DVC limited um, and I love <laughs> okay. that gun. So uh, I'm running a DVC limited now, um, still shooting a rifle that I built and um, all that. And I have a Stoger M3K nice. and, you know, has some accessories on it. And, you know, the biggest thing is you don't have to have the most expensive gear out there. Like realistically, if you wanted to, you can have like a, a 2000, dollar budget $2,500 budget is it the best gear no but it's best if you want to start use what you have you know borrow what you can and you know start learning where you're at and what works and what doesn't work and then start making informed decisions from there yeah no, absolutely. I remember my first three gun. I shot irons on my rifle like an idiot. Um, my, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. 
my magazine pouches were my back pockets and my front pockets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I did what I had to do to start and it. I still have the pictures, still the videos. <laughs> but yeah, I no. Like um watching those things anymore. I'm embarrassed just watching myself. I know. I know. Oh, but it's so good to video yourself and see where you were at and see where you came. So when you give yourself that hard time, you know, about performance, you're like, hold on. <laughs> Look where I've improved. And and even yep. in three gun dissecting like your stage afterwards you have to take away small wins you know you might be like that stage was horrible sure maybe overall but did you hit your reloads did you transition you know did you at least get your hits on paper maybe i don't know but there's stuff to to take away that are wins i think well it's uh that's one thing we we do we you know one thing we on the team we always try and do is record ourselves Mm -hmm. um running through stages um half the time like I won't I won't get my phone up you know I'll, I'll forget you know call me an old man I you know Alzheimer's <laughs> or something uh I'll forget so one of my guys knows to pull out his phone and then send me the video later but um we take we try and take recording ourselves pretty seriously uh, because whenever we get back to Quantico we'll put put the videos up on a tv cool. and then everybody will sit in there and we will we will dissect every video, what was good, what wow. was bad, where we can improve. And then um, essentially from there, we'll write everything down on where we can improve and where we need to what we need to work on. And then we'll tailor our training schedule awesome. based on the previous performance. And then we'll um, but we'll also take into account what match are we going to next and traditionally what has uh, what kind of targets, what kind of stages that they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of mixed in a balance of the skills we need to work on and what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to ask you, what's your one piece of gear or equipment or say a tool that you can't go anywhere without? Like it's changed your life. Um, I don't think I have one to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I, I got it. There we go. <laughs> okay. For those dip. on audio, he just held up his dip can. So there you go. <laughs> I can't function without nicotine. There you go. That works. That works. Teach their own. <laughs> Do you have a, um, a dip caddy yet or like a pouch? Nah, I just you keep it one. in the pocket or one. most of the time. Like I hate having things in pockets. So it'll be in my, uh, it'll be in my range bag, which has <laughs> fucked me once before I was, uh, I was at the Delmarva sectional a couple of years ago and I was shooting with Darren, uh, Darren Morrell from red stitch targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I had my phone. I just, I, I threw my phone in my bag, grabbed my bag, held it over my shoulder. And then I, I, I just felt this vibration in the bag, you know, I'm like, somebody's calling i the thing is i thought i had my phone um i usually keep my phone on silent not silent mode but airplane mode when i'm at matches i don't like people to bother me right when i was like why the fuck is my phone ringing well it was nine one (laughs) one. so somehow um what is it called it's like the emergency Uh, sos sent out an emergency sos yeah well the funny thing about this is my father-in-law was with me and my father-in-law my wife's from england so my father-in-law is from england doesn't have any firearm experience or anything like that at a major match sos goes out my emergency contact is my wife 
Oh my God. And I, and I didn't realize it at the time, but my other emergency contact was my mom. So an emergency SOS is going out to both of them. <laughs> my father-in-law is with me and the cops are calling me and it's like out there at Shadowhawk Defense, it's like, there's no good reception. So, and then there's gunshots in the background. So, oh, that's like, not, yeah. I'm telling the cop, no, everything's fine. It got, you know, it got bumped or something, nothing like that. Next thing you know, my wife's fucking calling me. Is everything okay? Yes, everything's fine. Please stop calling me. I'm trying to prep for this next stage. I was like, your dad's not dead. She's like, you know what, how, how this seemed? Uh, yeah, I know exactly how it seemed. <laughs> and then my mom calls me. She's like, oh, is everything okay? Yes, mom, everything's Aww. fine. I, I can't talk right now. But no, mom, I got, I'm about to go up on the stage. Leave me alone. Bye. So Airplane. what you're saying is you have a loving family. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> it's the- <laughs> that's horrible was it the dip can like what happened you still don't know know. it was it was in my bag and you know magazines you know I I throw I threw my bag on the ground I I couldn't tell you it was like I wasn't expecting it hasn't happened again since there you go there you go I I turn my phone on airplane mode too I think that's actually a really good tip for people to to think about um especially if you wear apple watch um you know you get pings on your phone and even a text message can pull you out of that. Even a Facebook notification, anything like that. So your time to shoot, think about it. All right. We spend what? $300 on match fees, probably a couple hundred bucks on gas. Maybe it's a flight of three, $400. Then we have food. Then we have all of the things at the actual match. And we've got what? Six minutes to shoot maybe for the whole match. Yep. You're, you're on average. Yeah. Spending 1500 to $2,000, depending on where you're going. Yeah. And if, yeah. And if you've got, you know, text messages, phone calls, and you're distracted and you're on social media and all of that, are you really present and really enjoying your time? Or, you know, if something comes up, you've just wasted $1,500. Like, I, I'll tell you how far I get into it. When I go on a trip, I don't call anybody. <laughs> like, I, I leave my family behind, you know, and, and they know that, um, in, you know, you know, I've gone to, you know, overseas, you know, I've gone a month without talking to family. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, I'm not, you're not going to hear it from me for a few days. And because I want to keep that focus, I don't want things from back home to interfere with any of my mental performance, because if I have to start worrying something about home, then my focus isn't going to be in the match. Yeah. I, I had one of those bad times. Um, I won't repeat it. I already know. You probably already know too. But anyways, um, yeah, I had a lot going on personally and it comes to the match, right? So we go back to that thing where, you know, if you're training poorly, probably should stop training. I probably should not have been at that match. (laughs) Looking back, I should have just eaten the cost because it, it was horrible. But I brought everything for my personal life going on, you know, to that match. Yep. Not good. It happens. You it know, does. It, a lot of the times, you know, it's what you learn, you know, it, everything is a learning experience. And as long as you, you know, nothing is ever a failure. It's just, a, yep. it's just something you can learn. It, now, if you repeat it, then, yeah. you know, that's what that's on you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this podcast might be a failure one day, <laughs> but I'm <Yeah>. learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you're talking about mental stuff. Let's, let's keep going on that. Um, you would think, do you think most of the, of shooting is actually mental over like the physical aspect? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, because you can have that old 
old white guy though that the, the fat old guy that goes out there and just beats your ass and you know it, it, the top guys are always going to be physically fit mm-hmm. um traditionally the juniors so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um they can run still so, but you know how mentally strong how mentally prepared are you you know everything you do on the range needs to become second nature and a subconscious action mm-hmm. um, to where you don't have to think about it. So all you have to think about whenever you're at the match and on that stage is where you need to move to. That's the only thing that you should be thinking about. So everything should be a subconscious act and your movement should be what you're actively uh, focusing on. Yeah. Do you think that from where you started shooting to now, like, that your mental game has changed and, and, you know, what did that change? What made that change for you? Um, when I first started shooting, I couldn't even tell you what mental game was. I just <laughs> walked to the stage and just, you know, make it, you know, it, it, everything just, you know, it was, it's the people that you're around that where you learn that from. And, um, I, I really didn't learn about, you know, the mental aspect of anything until I got to the team, mm-hmm. you know, heard about the book uh, with winning in mind from Lanny Basham. And that's a good book. It's a good book for bullseye shooters. There's a lot of things you can take away from it as an action shooter, um, which Ben Stoger now has a, a, yep. a, a book on match mentality. mentality. Yeah. Yep. Match mentality. Yep. Read that um, one. And uh, that's, essentially I you know it it turned into you know I needed to work on my mental focus but there was a lot of you know I need you need to work on everything but (laughs) most of the you need to work on yourself um and worry about you (laughs) compete with you and then maybe go compete with your guys and talk shit later Uh, hell I still talk shit with everyone even though I'll probably lose (laughs) (laughs) I've won a couple I've won a couple bets it's been good yeah, I mean, I, you know, a buddy of mine pointed out, um, like, a couple of years, three years ago, NRA uh, annual meetup championship, I think oh. it was, you know, I, I got like this quick 10 second snippet um, on, on one of the TV shows. And it just, all I said was, you got to keep it lighthearted. And it, that's totally true. If you are putting yourself down every time and you're, you're taking everything to heart, then you're not going to have fun with it and you're not going to get better. Yeah. Um, we, yes, we do take everything serious. And uh, one of the biggest, you know, I, at one point I could have been considered, you know, the, yeah, I know that, that type of guy. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and you don't learn anything from that. Um, and now I'm one of those guys going up to him. What did you notice? Where, where where was I weak at? What can I do to improve? And you have to take, you know, don't take anything personally. If somebody's, you know, you never want that unwarranted criticism. <laughs> but if somebody is actively coming up to you and asking you uh, something. Or telling you uh, something. <laughs> you got to, you know, I'm the most blunt person out there. If you ask me a question, <clears throat> I'm going to give you the honest answer. And whether you like it or not. Um, and it's, it's with good intentions in mind. Yeah. Yeah. This industry will, uh, weed you out quickly and shooting will weed you, weed you out quickly. Um, 
you probably already heard it on the podcast, but if you can't handle cursing, if you can't handle shit talking, and if you can't handle the truth or people ragging on you when you do poorly, it's not for you. Yep. <laughs> You'll be there for a week. <laughs> Everybody knows people curse on the range. Uh-huh. Don't bring your son there if you don't want him to hear those types of words. It's all <laughs> I'm going to say, you know. So I um, hate myself around juniors, but you know what? If it comes out, it's gonna come out. It's sent. Yeah, uh, I had a a nationals. We should have had an actual disclaimer on our squad. Honestly, I wish we could do that. We had like Bill Dudoff for for go fast on suck, and then me, some other the Atlas shooters, and there was a junior daughter there, and we straight up said like, "Hey, warning! Like this is gonna come out." But what was so funny is that she at 14, 13, something like that, talked shit with the rest of us and could give it back. And I was like, yes, she's going to be worse than I am. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. I can't that's, wait. That's the females we need in this world. I know. I know. I know. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I can get Logan hooked up while we're up in Minnesota. I can't. This, this episode, I don't know when it's going to air, right? But Logan, oh what's coming is going to be interesting (laughs) he's just not hitting puberty he's getting a dark deep voice you know (laughs) yep yeah he's we're gonna have fun with him i can't wait god um question do you still get pre-match jitters or like pre-stage jitters at all or is that kind of gone away now um i'll get pre-match jitters uh you know, and that's me, that's telling me that I still give a fuck, <laughs> uh, that there is still a give a fuck factor there, and that I am passionate about what I'm doing. If you don't, um, stage jitters, not so much anymore. Um, maybe if I'm uncomfortable with something I'm going to see or, or have to do if I wasn't fully prepared for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it usually hits me the hardest whenever it's like, I'm coming back to shooting, you know, it's the first major of the season. Right. Yep. Uh, I definitely felt it in Texas. And it's just like, to me, it's like, I'm not just representing myself. It's just not me. I'm representing a a higher organization, something that's bigger than me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, but you just always have to keep that professional mindset and, you know, I, I, I'm very stoic in nature, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I don't let a lot out. So a lot of people don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. But I do. Until you get to know you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then it's just different. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's you cool though. Blue Ridge, you can talk to the Blue Ridge crew about me and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about like physically fit and knowing what match you know, you're going to, that is a long range for sure. And that's mm-hmm. running and gunning mm-hmm. a lot of that. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So I know I have my like pre shooting ritual kind of like when I know I'm up, right. So when you know you're up or you know, you're on deck, what's going through your head. And then right before the beep, like what's going through your head then too. Um, so when I'm on, when I'm the on deck shooter or eat, you know, I'll even take it back because we train our guys. Hey, if you're in the hole, mm-hmm. you're not going to be resetting, yep. you know, start prepping yourself, getting your stuff ready. Um, at that and point, not, I'm not, not deeper than that for all you listening, by the way, if you're deeper than that, you better no. be resetting. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Don't be that asshole. Don't be that guy. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, that's whenever I, I don't talk to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I get in my own head and that's, that's my time with me to start. Like, I'm going to do like my final walkthrough when I'm the on deck shooter. Uh, I'm going to make sure I hit the places, the spots I need to hit. Um, um, that's when I'm just totally focused. Like my whole focus is on what I'm going to do, where I need to hit my reloads, where I need to reload my shotgun, um, where I need to take my shots with the rifle from. Um, that is, that is the mental game for me. Um, mm-hmm. you have to put your total focus there. Yeah. And there's a lot going on. Three guns, <laughs> three more problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, okay. So wrapping all that up on, on mental game, what's your biggest advice or maybe recap it all, um, for other people to improve their, their mental game at matches. Uh, (laughs) focus on you. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about the person who shot before you just worry about what it is that you have to do. Beautiful. (laughs) And the worst thing you can do, I will tell you is watch the person in front of you. I swear to God, everything that you just thought in your head, you will literally go do what they did. Yep. <laughs> so when we were at Multigun Nationals, it was Beth Walker, Becky Yackley, and me. And it was the stupid one um, where you went bay to bay and your pistol was not on you, it was in the bucket. And we had our holster on still. So we go from rifle portion, run across, and then Beth goes to ghost grab our pistol. It's not there. Then she picks it out of the bucket. Guess what Becky did right after her? same thing guess what Kenzie did after Becky same thing (laughs) just like why and I'm normally really good about that because I don't want to watch anyone like I'll turn my back I'll put uh, my eyes over my face and like I cannot watch the person shooting when I'm about to go oh the worst (laughs) yep I I stand back let them go forward some and then I start doing my walk there yeah yeah (laughs) um okay so switching gears talking about training um and you're about to be a civilian but civilian firearms training and military training can be very different especially like you said if they only get you know once a year to shoot or qualify or whatever what are what are some things that you wish civilians maybe would learn or improve upon that maybe the military teaches like really well um kind of hard i i really haven't been through a lot of uh training with with civilian organizations um so i i don't feel comfortable asking that um or answering that uh military on at least on the military side i wish you know so much of at least in the marine corps is controlled by doctrine and and Mm -hmm. pois and stuff like that so it's very hard for us to deviate which is or deviate from what we're allowed to teach, which is the beautiful thing about the shooting team is which we're not controlled by doctrine. We're not controlled by a formal POI. Um, so a lot, you know, we have the freedom of movement to create whatever we want and create whatever product we want. Um, so to me, I just, a lot of, I, I wish like in the military they would you know they would put a lot more emphasis on marksmanship Mm -hmm. um and 
the Marine Corps is starting to do that. They're, you know, we're coming out with an, an advanced marksmanship training pro uh, program and stuff like cool. that. We we're, we are, you know, taking lessons learned and taking the active steps in order to create more lethal Marines so we can go out and kill people if we need to. Yeah. That was my next question um, that, that you hit on of like how we can improve military training. Right. Um, Cause I do have a lot of them that show up in classes. Right. And they've maybe qualified with one gun, not the other. Maybe they've never even shot it. It's been years. And that's awesome though. I think shooting and moving is also one of the biggest things to learn and breath control. Um, that that's like my biggest weakness, knowing not to hold your breath. <laughs> so, and that's one thing I think the military does, right? Like we are very good at teaching the fundamentals, like the bare basic fundamentals. We, we do really well at that. Um, uh, so we do create a very good baseline. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Matt. So now that we're towards the end here, do you have any final nuggets or, or advice or anything that you want to talk about that you want to leave people with? Uh, I thought I wrote something down and I, I probably <laughs> thought about writing it down and all that. No. <laughs> we'll take <Yeah>. your time. <laughs> I really don't. I think we kind of covered everything. Um, well, all right. I kind of remember what I was going to write down, but never did. Okay. Uh, Take the time to, to put the training in, um, spend your money on the training and on the ammo and rather than having all the sexy gear, um, you, you don't need the best thing in the world to get started. So make informed decisions after you've made improvements. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Little bow wrapped up in a bow. I definitely started with a Glock as well and moved up to a 2011 and, I feel like, you know, if you're changing guns, it shouldn't be just to change guns. It should be because it'll help you shoot better, but that's not something you need to start out with right out of the gate. And if you start with like, you know, 2011s with these little light pound triggers too, you're not going to want to go back, but you're also going to skip out on a lot of the fundamentals or fundamentals. Recoil management with striker fired pistols is like something everybody should, should learn big time. Yep. Um, I mean, a good shooter should be able to pick up any gun and do well with any gun. Um, yep. One, uh, one of the OICs on the team, Captain Scott, he's a perfect example. You know, he, he decided, you know, hey, I'm going to shoot this whole stage with my, you know, what is it, the P365. I'm just going to go out there and shoot with it. And you know what? He beat everybody. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because he's a good fucking shooter. <laughs> yep. Nils shoots the canic, you know. What does John Browning shoot? Do we remember? 2011. He does 2011. There's a bunch of them on the top. Shane Pulley, another example of Glock, just crushes everyone with these, these polymer yep. guns. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Um, you kind of already said it probably, but I have a final question for you that I want to ask everyone. Um, so maybe specific, but what is maybe one book, one class, like one thing that you highly recommend, you know, someone starting out read or, or go do? Oof. <laughs> um a book it's not um, be a book could be a book could be like a specific instructor class or a video or something like what's that like really good learning resource that someone should check out well as far as classes go um one person i go to like my go if if i want to talk to somebody and i want to get my head straight or if i just need to bullshit um <laughs> or just kind of you know 
talk to him about the decisions I made. Um, and, and we don't talk often, and we've only shot a couple matches together. Mm-hmm. But that'd be uh, like James Gill. James Gill is a phenomenal person. He's also a phenomenal shooter. Yeah. Um, and he knows what he's talking about. And, and, and I kind of go to him because he was the kind of guy who put the Marine Corps shooting team on the map for me Absolutely. and a lot of Marines. Um, so for me, if you were to go get an instructor, that'd be the guy who, who, who I would recommend. Love um, it. Uh, for books you know i you know as much as i don't like bullseye you know with winning in mind was not a bad book uh that's what i'm gonna name the title of this episode i don't like bullseye (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh you're gonna love that (laughs) i feel like i have to (laughs) awesome awesome okay well matt how do people find you or connect with you if they want to ask you questions, maybe learn more from you. Do you have social media? What does that look like? I do have social media. Um, I am on Facebook, <laughs> uh, you know, Matt Gunlock. Uh, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's the at symbol uh, MF Gunlock. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. everything so. you got. <laughs> At least you're more social marine. Most of y'all are not on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're just very careful about what we post nowadays. So we'll just I'll leave it at that. <laughs> this is the G-rated episode. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the podcast. I had a lot of fun, learned a lot. Hope you enjoyed it as well. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to seeing you next month. Heck yeah. Logan. <laughs> Poor Logan. We're not going to mention the name, but she has no idea. <laughs> that it's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I was going to be respectful in that manner. Oh, uh, well, oops. Uh, Barb is totally on board, and she can't wait. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Cool. Well. We'll have to do an update after the match. Yes. On, uh, Logan, though. Oh, yeah. This is not the last time we're on this podcast, for sure. Maybe even live from the match one day. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> right? I guess I can do that. Yeah, fuck it. Let's see. Let's see. I have to make me retire. <laughs> Send it. Yeah, they're not going to fire you with uh, less than a couple of uh, months to go here. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right. Well, cheers. If you're listening or watching this, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media at Reticle Up. Thanks again, Matt. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.